We are alive. George, are you ready to podcast? I am ready to podcast. Are you? I am. And you're on time. This is a miracle. I am single. I did get drunk. I did buy Tinder Prime and I fully regretted it. But yeah, here we go. <laughs> Little Messi drove my nana to drink. Yeah, he sells Hot Wheels out of his jacket. <laughs> I like to think that he knew that John Terry was a huge Saturdays fan. And that Campbell oh, Soup is a, is, a, is a big deal. Pele is Jay from in between us. Luigi, don't quit your day job, mate. Who do you think is more handsome? Shall we love it? If you say it, say it with chest. <laughs> Sorry, you just have to guess. <laughs> do you want to go to the toilet? You ever seen a baby pigeon? Uh, he's, he was good mates with Pablo Escobar, from what oh. I read. <laughs> Mara who? Sorry? You're a pair of twats, you never do that. Welcome to Nostalgia FC Podcasts with your hosts, me, Drew. And me, George. Uh, this is the podcast where we get our very special guests on to talk about their favourite ever football players, put them in the team, whack a manager on the end of a kit in the stadium, and Bob's your uncle, there's your Nostalgia FC team. <laughs> and today is no different. We have a very special guest, and without further ado, let us introduce Sam Marlow onto the podcast. Sam, welcome along. Cheers, thank you. Excited to be here. So Sam, don't take this the wrong way. People might not know who you are, but they might know what you're trying to what you're trying to sell. How dare so, you? <laughs> <laughs> but they might know what you're here to plug. So, uh, and if they don't know, they're going to want to know after this. So, Sam, what what have you got to bring to us? Yeah, so myself and two friends, Jack and Jay, have um, basically started a football knowledge card game, uh, and it's called the Football Game. It's it's basically a game we've played for like 15 years, essentially in kind of like verbal form and the, the gist of the game is you say a category of something in football man united goalkeepers for example and then you go around the group saying increasingly higher numbers that you could name so the first person might say three and then five and then ten and then at some point someone will challenge the, the previous person and then they prove if they can do it or not so that's the basic gist of the game and uh as of, sort of a year and a half ago we decided to try and turn that game into a football card game which we've now done and yeah, we'll be launching on Kickstarter in the middle of February. So yeah, that that's that's the thing going on, I guess. Um, as Amazing. well as just genuinely loving the podcast and wanting to be on it. <laughs> nice one. Well, see so this is so yeah, let's just address this straight from the bat. We love the idea of the football yeah, game. It's so good. We we've played similar things, but not but to have an actual game was great. We love it. Um me and Sam have had a, a few conversations and I basically was just telling them how much I love the game. And uh, so if you stick around to the end of this episode, you will hear me and George having a little go. Uh, and as I mentioned before we start recording, if George wins, the podcast will end. <laughs> yeah, it's a, fant- happens, it's a fantastic idea for football fans, especially nostalgic football fans, which ties in perfectly to good old Nostalgia FC. So Sam, welcome along. Let's get cracking. Now we can see you, but other people can't. Who do you support? I support Arsenal. That's the shirt, yeah. yeah you know. <laughs> and international-wise? Uh, England, obviously, well, by the accent, obviously, but I wouldn't say I'm a close follower of England outside of the tournaments, but yeah, England would be would be the one. Nice, nice, nice. Right, so uh, let's get stuck in. What formation have you chosen? So I've chosen a formation that I would guess most people don't pick on here because I imagine people try and get as many attackers as possible. And I've gone for a 4-5-1. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah which I'm right. surprised by myself, but that's, that's what I've gone for in the end. Nice. So how are the, how are the five looking in midfield? What, what, where are they playing? Are yeah, five? we've basically got, a, a, I guess, like a tra- traditional four and then a, a number 10. Nice. Basically. Uh, we're going to start from the back, as we normally do. So who have you got in goal for this team? 
Yeah, so I think in goal, I've got maybe my most rogue answer of the whole team. Um, and I'm going with a guy called Josh King, but not the Josh King that was at Man United and then was Bournemouth, I think. Not, not so that I said, do you Do you know he's a Norwegian striker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. Um, no, it's, it's Josh King, a guy I went to school with between the age of 7 oh. and 16. Then I will stop Googling him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, so I've got him in goal. And the reason why is he was one of those kids that always went in goal. Just loved being in goal. So he was always in goal all the time. Um, and there's one particular story that kind of hopefully justifies his inclusion in the team. So we were in year eight and we had interform football. Did you guys have yeah. that? Yeah, yeah we, we had interform football. We were the Our worst in it as well. so bad. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we weren't particularly good, but but this year we've made it to the final. It was it was done over like a series of lunch times instead of like one day for the, oh, for the okay. this one for the indoor one. So we over the course of a few games made it to the final, and it um it was the morning before our first lesson, and we were all having a kick about before, and he was in goal as always, and someone had a shot quite hard. He saved it by punching the ball away, and in the process hurt his wrist. Um. And then he said, oh, "I don't know if I can if I can play later in the final of of, of interform football." So we all said, um, about as sympathetically as you would, age like thirteen, fourteen, you'll be fine. You're going in. Goal. <laughs> You've got the other yeah. hand. What do you need that one for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's no there's no problem here. You're in goal. So he went in goal. Long story fairly short, we drew four all in the final. He made okay. some good saves, and it went to a penalty shootout. And I wish I could say we won for this story to be even better, but we didn't win. We lost in the penalty shootout. But, you know, he had a great game and, and we still did well to get there. The next morning he came in, having been to hospital in the evening <laughs> after school, and he'd broken his wrist. <laughs> so he'd played a whole game, had a penalty shootout um, with a broken wrist. And what a hero. For what? that reason, I've gone with Josh King. Yeah, What a guy. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, I didn't have a very high opinion of the Norwegian striker, Josh King, but now I can firmly say this is my favourite Josh King. Yeah. <laughs> they're the same guy as well. <laughs> yeah, he then God. grew up to play for United. <laughs> exactly. I love, I love the idea, and it's such, it's such a like, school, school kid thing where it's like, ah, you'll be fine. You're, you're yeah. fine, don't worry about it. As if they all know. They all know yeah. how he feels. Yeah. I'm medically trained <laughs> at 13, and I can tell you, your wrist is fine. <laughs> I mean, you gotta have the you gotta have those kids, haven't you? You gotta have that one that doesn't mind going in goal. You know, there's a, like no one really wants to go in goal as a kid. I I was a goalkeeper when I was a bit younger. Then I was like, this is rubbish. What am I doing? <laughs> I don't enjoy this. So I, yeah, I think you have to have a special mindset to stay in goal, especially at a younger age when all your heroes are strikers. But yeah, yeah. love it, love it. it was right, well, go just... goalkeepers are a different breed, don't they? Yeah, that's true. Even from age 13 even at that yeah. point yeah. yeah maybe i think maybe they're a different breed because if they start as a goalkeeper and then they just get repeatedly hit in the head with the ball at a young age it just changes their whole <laughs> i yeah i remember psychology. as well as as kids there was no placement of the ball was there there wasn't like a slot in the bottom corner it was just as soon as you see goal hit it as hard as you can no. i still do that now anyway <laughs> let's move forward into the defense um, so you can decide where you want to start, right, left, centre, where do you want to go? I'll go left to right, I reckon. Yeah, right. across. So at left back, I've got a player of slightly higher kind of like world reputation than Josh King. 
I've got, I think this was just muscle memory of writing left back, dash, and a player from my youth. And it's Roberto Carlos. (laughs) (laughs) I genuinely think that man is the most picked player on this podcast. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, like, you know, he's up there. I could have gone Ashley Cole, but as an Arsenal fan, you feel a bit. Well, I thought you were going to go Ashley Cole, but. Yeah, is that no, is that is that mended that thing now? Do you like Ashley yeah, Cole as an Arsenal fan, or is it still a? I think it's. I think for me, it's probably at best neutral at this point. You know, yeah. not fully mended, not 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 positive, not come around, but uh, you know, kind of mostly over it. I bet you all out. had a good laugh at that Roma photo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah well, on, back onto the, the man in hand, Roberto yeah, Carlos. Yeah. So why why have you put Roberto Carlos at left? Uh, yeah, I mean. Obviously, just an unbelievable footballer. Um, and, yeah, I grew up watching many highlights clips. The one, the video I, I had saved on my computer when I was maybe like eight or nine when I had like all the five videos on there was the the banana free kick. That, yeah. And I just watched that over and over again. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Brazilian Roberto Carlos, 2002 World Cup. I feel like he'd do, do a good job for me on the left, so... Yeah, I yep. think you would. <laughs> to be yeah. fair, there is a chance if you ever tried to get this team together, you could get him because you can mm. buy him on eBay. Yeah, yeah people buy him for like... Size game or, or yeah. 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 Yeah, and he came off the bench. Fair play to him. He didn't mind sitting on the bench for a pub team on a Sunday. We put, he probably needed to... I, I don't think he's got 90 minutes in him anymore. At Sunday league level, surely he does. Do you reckon? It was a pub team as well. They're all hanging from the night before. It's not like he's playing <laughs> like a semi-pro. Can you imagine if you've been on a night out the night before and you're feeling a bit rough on a Sunday morning, you're like, right, lads, Sunday league, and then you're the keeper, and then you look across the line, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll probably have a few catches to make today, and you look across, oh, my God, there's Roberto Carlos. <laughs> like, no, oh, hamstring's gone. Can't, can't play tonight. Sorry, lads. I'm going to have to go. Can you imagine being hungover and getting hit with a ball that's struck by Roberto Carlos? Oh, my God. It'll wake you up. Mm. I think you share. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think your soul would leave your body. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what a player. Unbelievable. Yeah. The, well, yeah, like George said, one of the most picked players on this podcast. We've not had him for a long time, to be fair. So it's nice to see him make a comeback, because I agree. I think he's the, probably the best left-back of all time. Yeah. Apart from Emiliano in sewer, but, you know, close. <laughs> Let's move uh, to centre or are you going to your right? You're moving across. Uh, yeah, go left centre. So I've got a player that I saw play more in midfield and probably most people in this country did, but he did play centre back. Um, my second team is Fulham that my dad supports. So I've got Papa Booper Diop as my left centre half. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he was just unbelievable to watch, to be honest. Just would pick the ball up and kind of like a Yaya Torre before Yaya Torre would just kind of steamroll his way through midfield with a combination of a good amount of skill and just a lot of power. Um, really fun to watch. Six foot five. Nicknamed the wardrobe. Yes. You know. We love that nickname. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was kind of it, really. Although in researching a bit about him for this, I did learn that he died in November, which I didn't know. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah he did. Time. Yeah, very sad. Yeah, hell of a player. I, I completely agree. The thing that I always remember about Papa Boobie Diop, and I because I didn't know that his nickname was the Wardrobe. So I, I mean, I've mentioned this before, but remember Fan Zone on Sky when they had the fans doing the commentary, and mm. I think it was against Arsenal actually. And the Fulham fan 
kept just didn't ever say Papa Boob Diop. He just kept saying he's passed it to the wardrobe. I was like, who are you talking about? <laughs> There's not a player. I was checking the team sheet. Like, There's no one called wardrobe on here. Who are you talking about? But yeah, I love it. I still don't know why he's called the wardrobe because he's we've six tried... foot five. We said this last time. <laughs> yeah, but that's not. There are many things that are six foot five other than a wardrobe. Like wardrobes don't move. Like, it's not. <laughs> I think I think it's the, if you got you know if he ran into you, it'd feel like a wardrobe falling on falling on you. I think I think that's the reason. Yeah, right, fair. All right, I'll, I'll allow that one. There you go. And the fridge was See, already George, taken. George, if you put it like that, I would have got it ages ago. I mean, it is a saying. <laughs> No. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, a great player. Uh, obviously, he was a huge, huge component of the uh, 2002 World Cup team when Senegal did so well. Yeah. Got him a big money move to England to Fulham. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, he played in a good Fulham team, to be fair. And I yeah. think um, he's like a cult hero, isn't he? Like a yeah. Czech Tiote kind of vibe, like a cult hero. Although, yeah, sure. again, I've chosen a player there that also died. Maybe that wasn't a great comparison. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just great, great players. And I, I, I respect that you've put him at centre-back because I think you do a job there. Yeah, yeah I, to be fair, I didn't know I didn't know he had played at centre-back. So Yeah, apparently he played there a little bit for Fulham. I think it was Lens in France, I think. Oh, yeah. He played nice. a lot there for them, apparently. I could oh. see him carrying the ball out for me. Didn't that. He didn't have many appearances over his career, which is odd. I think it's quite injury prone. Yeah, two hundred and sixty-one for throughout his whole career is quite quite low. Well, more appearances than most conventional wardrobes. <laughs> George, move on. Right, let's move on. Let's go to your right centre back then. Yeah, so right centre back. I imagine this guy gets picked a fair bit. I've got Sergio Ramos, right centre half. You know what? He doesn't. No, does he not? Surprises me. No, people hate him. <laughs> Well, I can get that, but I've, 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 you need a bit of um, a bit of bite, a bit of know-how, and I think Sergio can definitely be that for me. So he, he's yeah. right centre back. Um, some things I learned in researching him for this: he's Spain's most capped player with 180 caps. That's impressive. He scored, yeah, he scored 23 goals, which I think is almost equally as impressive in those 180 caps. <laughs> yeah. Which makes Absolutely. him the ninth all-time scorer for Spain. <laughs> I what? didn't know that. That's a hell of a stat. <laughs> yeah. Ninth. Yeah, so that's incredible. And then he is the most card carded La Liga player in history of 191 cards. Now that's not that. surprising. <laughs> yeah, that one's that. That's surprisingly low. Yeah, and also the most carded Champions League player with 44 yes. cards, and the most carded Spanish player with 24 cards. Yeah, just across I'm sure every- he's working his. I'm sure he's working his way into the PSG records as we speak. Yeah, he's getting booked everywhere he goes. Yeah. I mean, he's the, he's the ultimate. How to put this? He is a shit house, and we know that. But he's the ultimate like gamesman. Do you know what I mean? Like he yeah. he plays to the crowd. He plays. He he's so intelligent that he knows. Like what the Champions League final where he took down Mo Salah, he knew what he was doing there. Uh, Champions League quarter final against Juve that same year where he gets booked in like the forty. Five plus four before the re- referee's just put, put putting the whistle to his mouth and he just kicks one of the Juve players. So, like, oh, I've been booked. I've got to miss the second leg. Oh, no. Knowing full well that then he could go to the final. He's a very intelligent man, a lot more intelligent than people give him credit for. And, like you said, a goal scoring defender, so hard to come by. And he scored some incredible goals. That Champions League final header against Atleti. Unbelievable. What a, what a player. What a player. 
Exactly. All of that. I think I think I need the combination of know how, bit of dirtiness, bit of some goals. Yeah, some goals from him. Yeah. For sure. Love it. Love it. He was also well, the youngest could... European footballer to win a hundred caps. Mm. Nice. Mm, good start. Yeah. Right, so you've crossed the fr- the back three. You got a good mix so far. So who have you got at right back? Yeah, I contemplated right back a lot and I ended up going for Roberto Carlos's international teammate of Cafu. Because again, just unbelievable player. Just again, yeah. when I think of sort of growing up and watching highlights reels, he was often in them um for Brazil, for for Roma. Um yeah, and I don't really have too much to say other than he was just unbelievable, to be honest. Yeah. Like Cafu. He's like the he's like the benchmark, isn't he? You look at that era and you go, right, who's the best right back? It's Cafu. You yeah. don't even question it. Yeah. I, I feel like at, at that time as well, and every position that Brazil had was probably the best in the world. Like yeah. that Brazil team was insane. Yeah, unbelievable. I think with Cafu as well, like he was sort of groundbreaking in the way that he blazed the trail for attacking fullbacks. Like he was one of the original mm. ones that made it okay to go forward. Like if you like if you look like early 90s and you watch any clips, you do not see the right back go anywhere near the halfway line, let alone to the six-yard box of the other team. So I think, yeah, just groundbreaking. I remember looking at the um, AC Milan team against Liverpool in Champions League final. And I was looking at the right-hand side of, of them and was like, oh, it's Cafu. Who's he up against? Jimmy Traore. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Way down at the end. But it's just one of those where you look at it and you go like, no matter who's on the other side of that flank, you know Cafu's going to dominate because he's just unbelievable. Yeah, he was the uh, he was the captain in the 2002 World Cup as well, wasn't he? So, the captain that Brazil side shows you've got that leadership as well. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. That, unbelievable. Um, that back four is going to make up for a goalkeeper with a broken wrist. By the way, <laughs> I don't also, think he's going to have to do much. <laughs> if I'm doing a frozen in time version, I think he's also 13. So, <laughs> it's protect. a child in goal with a broken wrist as well. Yeah. So it's like, ah, there you go, let's have it. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> right, yeah. So incredible back four. Um, you said you've sort of got like a conventional midfield with a number ten in front of them, right? So I'm assuming right midfield, the left midfield, the two centre mids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where do you want to start on there? Uh, let's do centre mids. I reckon. So. The first one I've got, and I don't think this was necessary, but I've decided he's captain. I don't think that was required. But I, <laughs> no, you I, kind, of, like... I kind of love that though. Yeah. Well, we've got yeah, we've got the captain of my favorite team of all time, the Arsenal Invincibles. We've got Patrick Vieira in there. <laughs> um, just yeah, just a phenomenal, phenomenal player. And as much as so many of that team were important, I think I'd probably give Vieira the nod as the most important player in that yeah. team. Um, yeah, just unbelievable to watch. Could do literally everything. Vicks on the chest was, was quite fun. I, I was going to say that. that was he, was, things, uh... he was the pioneer for that look, wasn't he? Yeah. I've never seen it, but people have told me that like kids used to do it at school. They used to put Vicks on their own yeah. t-shirts, which is quite iconic. If you, if you I, I remember as a kid, I used to, I think I went to bed with it, with it on my chest or something like that, but I'd never wear it like while you're wearing clothes. Cause like you say, it just seeps through. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember Yaya Torre always used to have it as well afterwards. Yeah. It's just, yeah, he's just like the original enforcer. Do you know what I mean? He was yeah. a box-to-box midfielder, but he was so like physically 
impressive. Like no one can get near him. Like you think about midfielders at that time, and he was just well, yeah, were the best, absolutely. And like, like season you said, like he's unreal. Get all the plaudits, Perez, but the real ones, no. Patrick Vieira was the uh, driving force behind that. Yeah. yeah, I think as well something like you know when you look at, for example, the Leicester team that won the league. I think you had Conte there, who was kind of two players. He was kind of everywhere enough doing so much. He kind of gave him an extra player. And I think Vieira did a similar thing for Arsenal by the mm. fact he'd win it back and then he'd pop up at the edge of the box and he'd be covering someone like Ashley Cole going on the left. He'd just be everywhere. Um, maybe not quite to a Conte level, but similar. And I think yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's helpful if you want to be yeah. good. As a he team. had a hell of a strike on him as well, if I remember. Yeah. Yeah. But they can also do like deft little finishes. Just a great all-round player. Fantastic. Yeah. You don't get 107 <laughs> caps for France without being good at football. Yeah, I was yeah. watching um, Sky Sports at the moment are doing like loads of classic Arsenal United games uh, due to this is going to date this podcast whenever we bring it out, but um, because of the game today. And um, it was showing like uh, ones with Patrick Vieira in Rude Van Nistelrooy. And uh, my dad was telling me that Patrick Vieira in his autobiography said there's no player he hates more than Rude Van Nistelrooy. And I just kind of <laughs> love it. Let's hope Crystal Palace never get into Europe and draw PSV, otherwise it could be an ugly scene on the touchline. (laughs) (laughs) A great, a great, great pick. I don't, to be honest with you, I think, I don't think he's been picked before. Maybe he's been picked once, but I don't Uh, recall. No, I don't think so. And we've had a few Arsenal fans on as well, so... So I fans, clearly. <laughs> I love I love the fact though you picked the captain as well. I, I can't remember if that's happened or not, but I do love that. Right then, well, from captain enforcer Patrick Vieira, where are we going next? Uh, we'll go the guy next to him. So next him, I've got Jack Wilshire, um, a player that I just honestly think the last whatever five, six, how many years of his career has just made so many people forget how good he was. He was phenomenal in you know his teenage years and early 20s he was so so good i used to um ask the arsenal youtube channel used to post like under 18s and under 21s highlights they still sort of do for the 23s but they used to do it for that for that age group as well and i used to watch it every week and i remember seeing a 15 16 year old jack wilshire in the under 18s and he was just he was just incredible he just would never ever lose the ball where the and these are highlights but you know allow it they, yeah. he would never ever lose the ball he would be winning the ball back tackling he would pop up with quite a lot of goals so he actually played 18 games for the under 23s when he was 15 16 and he scored 13 goals from central midfield in that, mm. that youth season um it's just different gravy and he's just like you said like so silky and like to be fair this combination of these two midfield would have been absolute dynamite yeah. both in their yeah. peak I think it was that. Was it the game again? Was it, I think it was Barcelona Champions League? Yeah. And it was him versus Iniesta, Xavi, Busquets, and he ran the show, ran rings around them. They couldn't get near him. That is an unbelievable feat. I think yeah. that's what didn't Pep Guardiola say on the back of that that Jack Wilshire had like the world at his feet. I think it was something like that. But yeah. Do you know? I could be wrong. I def- I'm not 100 sure, but I thought Guardiola also said something on the lines of, "We've got three Jack Wilshers in our La Masia or whatever." Like kind of. But like, yeah, he was good, but we've got we've got three of those. We've got three of those. Yeah. Which, which, to be fair, with Gavi and Pedri, he wasn't lying. Yeah. Probably Thiago, maybe. Maybe. Oh. Might have been in there at that time. Possibly true. I just... The the issue with Jack Wilshire, I guess, was his, uh, was his injuries. Like, his legs seemed to be made of glass. Like, mm. he was never fit for too long. 
But he could he could have been, I, and I genuinely believe this when you watch games that he did play uh, for Arsenal with, like he could have been one of the greats, like a Premier League great. Yeah. yeah. It's such a shame. It really is. Because it's one of those things where it's just the body betraying you, you can't do anything about it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Arsenal would have put so many hundreds of thousands of pounds into trying to make Jack Wilshere's legs work. But just in the day, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, does mm. it? But yeah. I remember as well, he... Did he score it or he was involved in it? He arguably scored Arsenal's best ever goal. Norwich. The one yeah, that I, yeah, that's the one. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that goal was possibly my favourite Arsenal goal, but it's very hard to pick, but possibly. He's not only at the end of it, where it's a kind of like one-touch combination between him, Santi Gazzola and Giroud, and he like, makes the run for the finish. He also gets the ball at the start of it and more or less drives past a player or two, knocks it out to the left and then kind of follows the attack up. So he's kind of in the whole the whole build up as well to the yeah. goal. Yeah. It's I mean it's an unbelievable goal. Like it's one of those ones where like I think I like watching old goal of the season compilations to see how different the goals scored are then to now. But that one is just so unique. Like the yeah. The intricacy of the passing, the little flip from Giroud, the first such like almost half volley finish, just oh. yeah. Chef's kiss. I right, love it. Can't get any better than that. What a player! It is a crying shame about what how his career sort of petered out. But yeah, for that for that couple year period, everyone was like, "Oh my god, if this guy puts it together, none of us have got a chance." Yeah, yeah. Great player. Great player. <laughs> right. Should I go left wing? Should I go? Yeah. You go, go. where you want. <clears throat> nice. So this guy has to be picked by everybody, but I can't not left wing. I've got Ronaldinho. <laughs> have to also playing in front of Roberto Carlos I think would make quite a nice link up on the left yeah very much so um yeah and like, again what what can you you know what can you say about him that isn't obvious and been said but he's just obviously unbelievable the most sort of fun player to watch ever um all the skills all the style yeah smiling all the time he played um there's obviously the crossbar video yeah that, broke some records for like something like the first million viewed YouTube video or some some number. Um yeah, Ronaldinho, incredible. I that think is, one thing you thing- said there was the key for me is when you said he's he's smiling. It's just the joy of football that he brings. And, yeah. and, and like it's not even just him. He like brings it to the players around him. Like they enjoy playing football with him. Fans just love to watch him. It just makes in a game where a lot of people well most people are trying really hard and like it's all really intense. And he's just sort of just sambering his way through, just having a great time. I think that's that's really refreshing to see. You know, you don't see that anymore, honestly. But he just well, just did it. That's the that's the reason that football is the biggest. Well, in our opinion, but probably statistically as well, is the biggest sport in the world and the most like followed and popular sport in the world is because people just enjoy it. From a kid, you just you play with a smile on your face because you just enjoy football. And he just brought that into professional football and became the best possibly the best player of his generation and inspired like our generation to just want to play football and want to play like him and probably inspired like Messi, Ronaldo, people like that. Just incredible, incredible player. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, just oh man, what a player, what a player. And like I said, he is, I think he might actually be the most picked player and rightly so because mm. the man is just otherworldly, fantastic player. You can't, there's nothing more you can say about him. Just the best. Yeah. <laughs> Love him. What a player. What a player. You know who's good at football? Because for someone to look like that and be the face of football, fair play. I think that was part of it as well, though. 
he did he, yeah. you know he's so iconic in his actual like uh appearance <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah yes. what a player all right shall we move on to the right wing yeah so right wing i've got my favorite player growing up the guy in the back of the shirt i'm wearing which is freddie youngberg <laughs> nice yeah just yeah just loved him i think it, it you know there's players like ronaldinho who are obviously unbelievable but for whatever reason, as a kid, I mean, partly being an Arsenal fan, obviously, but I just wanted to be Freddie Jungberg. That was the guy that I watched and just wanted to be like when I played. So, yeah, Freddie Jungberg, tons of energy, could run with the ball, um, could score quite quite a few goals, um, pretty skillful. Yeah, I mean, the hair, the red. I was going to say, did you did you try and recreate the hair if you wanted to be young? <laughs> Please tell me you did. I, well, my mum would only let me have it in school holidays. <laughs> so from from yeah whatever it would be july through till the end of august about three years in a row i had i had the red mohican nice nice 12 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah what what a player though goes under the radar a bit when you think of that side as well like you say you think of Henri perez uh burkamp whoever else but youngberg was just such such a player yeah. Unsung hero kind of vibe, isn't it? Mm. Like, you know, he's he just puts it in 110 percent every week, bombs it down the wing, never complains, chips in with goals and assists. Great player. Yeah. So, question for you: a bit of trivia. It's only fair that we give you some trivia. Yeah. Can you name three of the brands that Freddie Emberg modelled for? Well, Calvin Klein is is sort yes. of semi-obvious one. Uh, yeah. Um. Beyond that, I'm guessing. To be honest, I'll say Armani. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll give you a clue. They're not that. Calvin Klein was the only fashion brand. Okay. Their other ones were mostly sports brands and one uh, drink. Hmm. Would the drink have been one of the two big? Drinks yes, yes it would. It would have been. Yeah. Pepsi. Correct. Nice. Um. What's the other one? Out of sport brand. Um. Nike. Yes. yes. He also did Gamble, don't know what that is, L'Oreal, Puma, Beats, ESPN, and Proctor, whatever Proctor is. But yeah. Always good to have a side hustle, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's good work if you can get it. Trivia question for you then, if we're doing Freddie Youngberg trivia. <laughs> Go on. Can you name what club you joined Arsenal from? Or you might actually have it if you don't have it open. Uh, yeah, I kind of have it here, so... <laughs> <laughs> I've just looked at it, but I didn't actually see what I said. Um, is it a Swedish team? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Don't know. It's Halmstad. Halmstad? No, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. I was trying to think of a Swedish team with a nice kit, and it's not Halmstad, is it? It's. Uh, I can't remember the name. I didn't know he played for Celtic. Mm. Yeah, like, he played seven in... times. Not a lot. Yeah, but like, <laughs> and played in India. Did you play in India at the end as well? Mumbai, so, yeah, City, Mumbai yeah. City. Yeah. Uh, yeah, West Ham, obviously in in America, Seattle. He oh. didn't play many games after Arsenal. Mm. Like for the amount of years he moved around and, and everything, like West Ham twenty five, Seattle Sounders thirty seven, Chicago Fire fifteen, Celtic seven, uh, Shimizu. Eight Mumbai City four. There's not a lot. But 
Yeah. If you track the sales of Calvin Klein underwear in those places after he <laughs> went there, <laughs> major effects. I remember that coming. I remember that advert coming out for some reason. I think it's because everyone was making fun of it. He's a handsome yeah. man. I mean, if you can model for Calvin Klein, why not? I've tried. Yeah. They won't have me. Let's move on. <laughs> Right, um, yeah, centre attacking midfield, Cam, we've got, again, must be picked a lot, got to be, JJ Okacher. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, it's just, I think it's, I think the sort of era that he'd have been playing for Bolton, which already is very exciting and fun and makes no sense, but the era he was playing for Bolton would have been when I was watching Match of the Day, not really watching full games. Yeah, which yeah. probably actually added to his, uh, like, I don't know, mystique you know like you'd watch Bolton you'd be like oh, I can't wait for the JJ Okaja clip that's going to inevitably come up <laughs> in this um, yeah he was unbelievable I was a quick honourable mention here was I was almost going to go with Zidane for obvious reasons as well nice nice and then on, on a less obvious one I considered uh, Morton Gamps Pedersen for other like nice. highlight reel reasons um, but I just couldn't move past JJ Okaja so yeah, I respect that. Completely respect that. Yeah, he's like, like you said, he is the human highlight reel. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I'd love to see a confirmation of like sideways passes from JJ Okocha. Do you know what I mean? Just to prove that he did do other things other than rainbow flicks and <laughs> nutmegs. Like it's one of those things you don't even consider. It, like I'm sure at some point he put in a crunching tackle, but I've just never seen it because in the highlights it's just all the fun stuff. But he must have done other stuff, right? Or maybe not. On on Championship Manager 2001-2002, my favourite of the CM or FM games, he's a defensive midfielder on there. Oh, which wow. I find hard to imagine, but he is, yeah. Can you imagine running through in midfield, getting scythed down by a defensive midfielder who then rainbow flicks it over your head? <laughs> that would be so upsetting. Oh, man. I mean, it's just, it's just I, the again... most odd thing to think about is someone going from PSG to Bolton Wanderers. Even at that time, like it, <laughs> I mean, genuinely, and it sounds like I'm taking the piss, but for the most part, Paris and Bolton, I imagine, aren't that dissimilar. <laughs> and so, hear me out, right? Paris obviously has its huge tourist attractions, Eiffel Tower, Montmartre. There's loads of cool places in Paris, but for the most part, Paris is rough, properly rough, and Bolton is rough. <laughs> Bolton is known as the city of romance in the UK as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and Bolton, Bolton Fashion Week is obviously massive as well. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Umberg was there all the time. No doubt. <laughs> it's something like an odd comparison, but I can't imagine it was that far a removal for, for JJ because he, he, he wouldn't have lived in the Eiffel Tower, would he? Do you know what I mean? He would have lived in suburban Paris, I imagine. Well, who knows? Mbappe, next club. Old Wanderers, getting down the Reebok. <laughs> Imagine. That's not called the Reebok anymore, is it? So, do you know who he went to after after Bolton? He went to Turkey? Oh, he went to Qatar. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Before it was cool. Before it was cool, but also, like, <laughs> I, it's, the team is just called Qatar SC, which just means Qatar Sports Club. Now, how long do you reckon they thought that name up. 
<laughs> now, that also suggests that he does other sports. There's like a multi-sport club. So it's like, all right, JJ, today we've got you in the netball. Uh, remember, you can't kick it, only throw it. <laughs> right, well, this midfield is absolutely fantastic, I must yeah, say. It's insane. Actually. Yeah. So let's move forward to your lonely striker. Who is scoring the goals for this team? It's got to be Terry Henry. Yeah. Got I don't even know why I asked, honestly. Yeah. Now, I know we kept saying it. This definitely is our most picked player in this in this podcast. It's because he's the best. He's the best him. Premier League player in the world. I think I've done well to not pick more players from the Invincibles, if I'm honest. I think I've done yeah. well to, to limit it to just like the ones I really, really want. But um Thierry Henry has to be there. Um yeah. I like briefly considered Zlatan. Briefly, but and that would only been if I'd have played a two. But in the end, I couldn't quite squeeze him in. So it's just Thierry running the line on his own, supported by Ronaldinho and Perez, Vieira and Wilshire. That'd be wonderful. Yeah, but yeah, obviously God. incredible player again. Um, so many iconic goals. The one against Spurs, particularly like where he picks it up in his own half and runs through maybe three, four, five players, puts two on the floor, rolls it in. That's up there. The goal against United where he... The United one's the one. Yeah, picks it up, pivot, volley. Like, oh, yeah. unbelievable goal. I yeah. think, again, I don't think enough is spoken about uh, Arsene Wenger's um, effect on Thierry Henry. Because when he bought him, he was like a, a average winger. And come then, from Monaco? Juve. 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 He started at Monaco, went to Juve, yeah. and then went to Arsenal. Yeah. So, but to see the transformation from... Because I was watching, I was just watching a documentary on him, and they're talking about how Henri, when he was at Juve and Monaco, like no one really was thinking he was going to be tearing anything up. He's just sort of like, yeah, he's he's a he's a average plug and play winger. He'll run the line for you. He'll put a cross in. That's about it. And then Arsene Wenger was like, hey, Thierry, do you know you can do all this as well? He was like, wow, this is incredible. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable player. I mean, just and now, just such a cool guy, such a cool guy. The Vavavoom adverts, love them back in the day, but then now, like you watch the, um, I, it's so sad for the Champions League in this country that we get Steve McManaman and Owen Hargreaves. Oh, are you talking about the CBS? Yeah, and CBS yeah. get Henri Carragher and Michael Richards. They have so much more fun. Hey, and Kate Abdo. Fun combo. Let's not and forget Kate, Kate Abdo. Abdo. Sorry, yeah, I apologise, Kate Abdo as well. I'm in love with her. Well, there you go. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I think like he's just a fun personality now. Just loves mm. it. Yeah, very cool guy. On the um, striker point, so I read uh, Wenger's autobiography a couple of years ago, and that's quite interesting because Wenger saw Henri playing as a striker for I forget the name of it. It's like a French like youth kind of. It's not. I don't know if it's a club in its own right, but it's where a lot of the top players in France go at youth level. And that the team at the time, the front two was Henri and Trezeguet. Um, and the wow. year later was Anelka who was like somewhat involved. Oh, well, maybe the year before was Anelka, but anyway, they were they were kind of the, the strikers for that team. And then when he went to Monaco, he got put on the wing. But Wenger kept thinking, you know, I've seen you play as a 15, 16-year-old striker and be unbelievable. So he kind of had the idea from from that, from that age group. So, so yeah, I thought yeah. that was quite interesting. Really interesting. It's such a cool thing. Like, obviously, he's known as the professor for a reason, Arsene Wenger, but 
transformation on one man's career and the fortunes of Arsenal at the exact same time. That's a pivotal moment in Arsenal's history is the fact that they could get him. Relatively cheap deal as well. I mean, at the time, quite expensive, but in comparison to now. And then to just transform him into, I would say, the Premier League's best ever striker. I would say that. I think he is. Just something quite interesting, because you were saying about the youth team that he played for. That I mean, he played for five different youth teams, including Monaco's youth team. But he was signed by one in 1983, bearing in mind he was born in 1977. How at six years old do you know if someone's good at football? I guess you I know, do, but you take a punt on it, don't you? I know like, he's Thierry Henry, right. but like... <laughs> yeah, you question it, but they were clearly right. Cause... Yeah, they, were, they very much were, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just insane. I mean, as he, as he was as a player, pace, yeah. just skill, foot like a traction engine, just, oh, man, what a player. What a player. How much did you My... love that return to Arsenal as well? Oh yeah, that was that was amazing. I remember he um, it was against Leeds in the yeah, FA Cup yeah, yeah. when he obviously quite a few things. I think I was in my first year of uni. We watched it in the SU Student Union Bar, and uh, was a, a Leeds fan. And he came off the bench and obviously picks the ball up on the left and just takes a touch and then puts it in the bottom corner. But it was so vintage Henri. But coming back to get us through an FA Cup, uh, I don't know what round it was, maybe like fifth round or something. Um, yeah, vintage Henri, seeing it again. Some people that I know that were at the game in the Emirates claim it's still the best moments of, of the Emirates era, which is quite, quite, you know, quite fun. Um, but I think so. Like, it's just iconic. Like, is because for a man who's usually so like when he celebrates, he has like, do you know what I mean? He has distinctive celebration. He, he's always looks like he's focused, even the celebration. And then that moment when he's, he even when he scored that goal, he? he was like, "Oh my god, I did it!" Well, it's it's like it was it was almost like some incredible Hollywood scriptwriter had written that. Like that that's not a real thing that normally happens. Like going back to the club that you like talk the world on and beat them, and then come back to them and just put them through the in the FA Cup. Like that's incredible. Yeah, it definitely is. Right. Well, you'll struggle to get one of these players off to get a sub on, but who is your super sub? Yeah, I thought I thought this team probably didn't, you know, they'd probably be all right. They wouldn't need a sub. But I Maybe thought, a keeper? Well, okay, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> no offence, Josh. Yeah, um, it's not a keeper. <laughs> it is just a man for a bit of magic. If you need a bit of magic and you need a bit of a, a slightly more, um, I guess, like a game changer if needed for this team. And I've gone with Andre Arshavin. Oh, Nice. Yeah, and it was almost Morton Gump's Pedersen. It was almost Zidane, but I couldn't bench Zidane. That would just felt, felt, you know, not like something that would be allowed, at least in my mind. So in the end, I've gone for Arshavin, yeah. Just for, uh, yeah, very, very, very good footballer. A lot of fun to watch. Didn't really track back much, but we can we can allow that. That's fine. And then just goals. Um, famously, the four goals against Liverpool was, was pretty special. Yeah, running into the corner with his hands like that. Yeah, just in that yellow kit. Well, I mean, it's just I remember the uh, the way that it was the signing was done because it was deadline day in January, wasn't it? And it was snowing everywhere. I just always remember that, and they were always going like, "Oh, is he going to make it in time? Is he going to make it in time?" And it's one of those ones that was completed after the deadline, wasn't it? Yeah. There's also like I've heard stories that he was sort of smuggled into the uh, either the Emirates or the training ground in the boot of a car. Now I don't know if that's entirely true. Uh, it's only one, so he could. I think I think it was genuinely like. 
a really uh like politically quite uh i don't know the word but like involved transfer because we had Usmanov was on our board at the time um and in the end he had to phone like the, the the oligarch that owned the whatever the, the oil petrol company is that's Gazprom. He had to phone the Gazprom guy who was the biggest sponsor of the uh, the club he played for, and, and get it kind of like all smoothed out because it was getting a bit uh. <laughs> getting a bit tense in the world of Russian oligarchs. I think so. Something to do with that was why right. he had to smuggle him in. Right. <laughs> it was worth it. But that's what very much worth it. Possibly yeah. one of the most underrated players in the Premier League. Yeah, he was. It was a truly great player. Yeah, really, yeah. really good. And that you said that four goal thing, just because even all four goals were great as well. It wasn't even like they yeah. were four tappings. He was just yeah, yeah, brilliant and he, and player. He was also maybe like you know the player of the tournament at Euro two thousand eight. Maybe at least yeah, there. Yeah, I think yeah. Now this, I've never put two and two together here, but I've got a theory about Arsene Wenger's appointment at Arsenal where. Somewhere on some level, someone looked at his name and went, hey, you know what? That sounds like Arsenal. And I've just noticed, and I don't know, I've never noticed before, Arshavin has Arse at the front of it as well. So even if it's not, someone in Arsenal must go, we've got a, they've got like a database where they just track anyone with a name that has Arse in it to see if they're doing well, to know, see if they can pick them up just to have Arse and Arsenal the whole time because it it can't be a coincidence it has to be a coincidence obviously but <laughs> i just i just don't you like, went back surely, on so, so they've got to be they've got to be self-aware that they're doing that they have to know like when they're picking up like right short list of transfer targets like yeah this, this guy's name's got arse in it like sign him up get him in well it's worked both times yeah, yeah. i wonder who the next one is got to try and run that run that search yeah, just type art into football manager and see what you get. Yeah. <laughs> if you listen to this at home, please don't just Google arse. You will not be happy with the search results. Well, you might be, but yeah, not for the be. reason why you're searching it. <laughs> right then, well, there is your first 11 and your super sub in the bag. We'll take a short break and we will come back for the manager, the stadium and the kit. I don't know who's going to manage them, but it's got to be someone pretty special. Who have you got? Yeah. I I have to go for Wenger. It's incredibly obvious, but I have to go for Wenger. I considered Sven out of like nostalgia as an England fan growing up in that <laughs> era, but I just couldn't move past Wenger and, and this yeah. team and these players. And and if you look at like you know who is a, a really great manager again, you can't really look p- much past Wenger for like genuinely revolutionising English football. Yeah, what he did with that Arsenal team, um, yeah, just just unbelievable. He just he, he revolutionised the game in terms of like nutrition and sports science and just yeah, like the current crop of England players have got a lot to thank. Um, Arsenal awesome for honestly, yeah. I genuinely believe that. I think as well. A man so intelligent that he's known as the professor. Like, obviously, he's held in very high regard. He's got a role at FIFA. Is he still working at FIFA? And like, he's 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 come up with some mad ideas. He wants to get rid of throw-ins and have kick-ins, just to prove how rattled he is still by Tony Pulis. <laughs> the other thing, which obviously we have to talk about, and amongst all of his achievements and all of his glory and like all the things he won for Arsenal, and a man so smart is still unable to work out a double zip. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. Comparable with the Mario Balotelli bib incident, just cannot work out the jacket. Well, he's got so much like knowledge in his head that that bit must have just escaped at some point. Yeah, someone's got someone's got a fallen out of the side. Yeah, of these. Yeah. How does zips work? Whoop, that's gone. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Think iconic with the coats and the zip, um, for sure. And I think it kind of goes in line with the the Ronaldinho hairband. Archivin had the gloves. Yeah, a lot. this isn't an intentional theme. Just thought of it, but like apparel related. Uh, yeah, like Vieira with the Vicks as well. Vicks, yeah, yeah. yeah. Freddie Youngberg with the the Mohican. Yeah, I just remember though, Jack like... Welsh, Jack Wilshire with the crutches. Oh no, too <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just remember like his coat always seemed to get longer and longer to a point where it was just almost like he was floating as he was walking out of the. Like you couldn't see his feet. That's why. That's why he had to leave. If he carried on, he would have just been in a tent with his head <laughs> popping out the top. <laughs> His whole whole tent covers the uh, technical area for the manager that he can't leave. <laughs> this pitch is a tent in it. There you go. This is me. Sorted. Brilliant. Brilliant. Right. So Arsene Wenger, fantastic manager. No one can argue. Um, I mean, people can, but they'd be wrong. Where is this team going to play? Again. Highbury? Yeah. Well, yeah. Highbury, but for a, a little bit more to it than just... Highbury was great. It's a little bit more to it as far as I've never been to Highbury, which is obviously, you know, really sad. So my logic is if if this team's created and they play at Highbury, that makes it real and I can go and watch them at Highbury. And then oh, I, I love get, to see, get to see the ground. So that that's the logic. Um, and yeah, just a lot of Arsenal fans obviously still speak about the magic of Highbury. So that would be, that'd be the dream. Yeah, Highbury was great. Like, the atmosphere in Highbury was so good. Like I don't, I don't think you've managed to recreate it in the Emirates. Uh, I don't think you can in new stadiums, really. But for TV wise, I remember Highbury was so annoying because you couldn't see the line on the far side of the pitch because the camera was so low. Mm. So it, when it was on the other side of the uh, other side of the pitch, you'd just be like, "No idea, <laughs> no idea what's happening." <laughs> I mean, that's why Freddie Umberg was so good. He was constantly running out of play, but I was the same. <laughs> I think Highbury is one of the one of the last sort of bastions of the the great old grounds, and you can see it. I was watching a video yesterday of a West Ham fan talking about uh, their their result against Everton, where they won two nil, and he was saying how he felt sorry for Everton, not just because they're terrible. And that, that was actually what he was saying. I'm not just saying that, um, although obviously everyone knows that now. Yeah. Uh, but he was saying about how they're in the process of what West Ham were doing where they were struggling with relegation, going back and forth, and then they get a brand new stadium, they go to the new stadium, and they're going to hate it because like, Ever- Everton fans are going to go into this huge new stadium and they're going to lose all of the atmosphere they had in Goodison because it evaporates into the the size of the bowl arena. And it's the same thing with the Emirates. Like Arsenal struggled for a long time to sort of accumulate an uh, atmosphere in there. Tottenham Stadium was purpose-built with things at the top to keep the sound in because they were so concerned about losing the atmosphere, like the London Stadium has with West Ham, where the, the sound just goes. I know it sounds so stupid, like the sound just travels out, but it does. That's that's literally how it works, isn't it? And I think for Arsenal, they've done well, better than most, to, to sort of get that vibe back at the Emirates. But you've been there for so long now, it's a bit different, isn't it? But for these new ones that move from their old stadiums into new arena-type bowls, they're just losing like 50% of the atmosphere before they even start. Even by getting more people in, you're losing 
like the heart and soul of the club, really, which is great for Everton because you know D one. But the, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's a shame. It is a real shame. It's one of those things like obviously football is financially motivated and it's not going to change, but. It is a shame to see more and more old stadiums are getting pushed to the wayside. Like even the San Siro, that's going, and I, I, I'm, I'm excited that's, to see what they put in its place. But yeah, yeah, that's that's a big loss, I think that one. And like, because you, you can like, as much as it pains me to say it, Liverpool have done it right hmm. in the fact that instead of just deciding, oh, we'll go to a new stadium, they've gone right. Let's just like expand the one we already have, and now that one stand that's stand, like absolutely yeah. huge just looks insane, especially on TV when they're walking out and you've just got this huge stand in the, on the side of this pitch. It looks insane, but it's still, yeah, it's, it's still Anfield. It's still... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can, like for Arsenal, I can understand because Highbury was relatively small, wasn't it? It wasn't ever, it was like 32, was that what it was in the end? Yeah, I want to say, I want to say 38, but something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And now the Emirates is what, 60? Yeah, 59 and a bit, but yeah. 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 Obviously, you, you pack in more fans, but obviously, like you said, you just lose the atmosphere. But yeah, Highbury, iconic, iconic stadium with the clock. Is the, <coughs> the clock still there? Is that a thing? They moved it. I think they moved it to the Emirates. There's a clock in the Emirates, which I think is the clock from Highbury. Nice. Yeah. What heritage, that clock. Love it. Yeah. And I don't know if this is a fun fact or not, but Highbury now is flats. But it's not flats insofar as they knocked it down and put up some flats. They converted the stadium into flats. So you can... I used to live in that, like, really close to it. And if if you time it right and the gates open, you can just walk in and walk around. And the the pitch is like a kind of communal area with picnic benches and, you know, a little play park and stuff. And then all of the stands are big, like, uh, like glass windows, flats that look out onto onto that area. And it's it's so well done. It looks so cool. So I think that's, yeah, kind of also quite fun. Nice. Yeah, so that's really cool. Like, obviously... Where it was before is in, in well quite a built up area, wasn't it? So yeah. I think that's really cool to do that. At least it's better than just becoming nothing. You know what I mean? Or like becoming a big Tesco. It's better than that, yes. isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Right, well, on to your final pick. We've got the kit. Yeah. So I've managed to not pick an Arsenal kit, and I've managed to go for Juventus is ninety six, ninety seven. Is that what you're wearing? I was gonna I was no, Oh, I don't know, a few years it's later. It's not 96, 97, but yeah, yeah. it's the event. Yeah, so the, the 96, 97 kit, which is a um, Kappa kit with Sony sponsor on the front, um, which, yeah, just think iconic. Lots of lots of great players wore it, obviously, Zidane. Um, and I just like kits that have a, a sponsor that is like a real brand and a, a, a cool brand. And Sony at the time was obviously at the height of PlayStation. So yeah. probably yeah, yeah, not yeah. like a cooler, more nostalgic brand from that that time. So yeah, that'd be my kit. Love it. Love it. It's kind of cool as well. Like kits. the badge isn't where, like say for instance, on the kit that you're wearing, Drew, the badge is, and then it's got the two stars above it. On this one, it's got two stars where the badge is, but the badge is like there tiny like mm. just where the neck is i mean kappa kits they're beautiful now all you have to do is look at the venezia kits they're unreal yes but the the old school kappa kits like wales had one roma uve like a lot of italian teams have the kappa kits unbelievable kits absolutely yeah. gorgeous and I, I never i always thought that the logo was two women sitting back to back i recently found out it's not it is a man and a woman sitting back to back is it in case you, in case you're wondering about Kappa, I don't know. 
It's such a nice kit, though. I think just any, like, the black and white stripes, are, whether it's... I don't know why Newcastle just can't seem to do it as well. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I know. I don't know why. Why I'm saying that. I'm like, I'm wearing. I'm wearing a top now that's inspired by an old Newcastle top. But like, yeah, they just don't seem to do it as well. Well, yeah. I, th- I think. Well, old school kits. Obviously, everyone loves old school kits nowadays, and that's yeah. fair because they're absolutely beautiful. Um, and Juve are very, a very topical team at the moment. Mm. I knew that full well while putting this shirt on today. <laughs> be a bit edgy. <laughs> you can't dock me 15 points, Italy. Yeah. I mean, they've got to learn their learn their lesson at some point, I think. No, clearly not. They're too fair, they're progressing a little bit. Last time they got relegated, this time it was just a point deduction. So there you go. Doing well. Yeah, progress. It's very slow progress, but we're getting there, you know. I'm I'm still right, going to well, say when when do Chelsea get their points deduction because it's surely got to be coming. Tom Bowley's paid them off, so it doesn't matter. That's right. Arsenal will probably get the deduction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like yeah, just before winning the league. <laughs> oh, it's happening. It's on. I'm, I'm it quite reckon. Anyway, right. We're not talking about current football. It's a Stadio FC, not current FC. So let's go. Uh, Back through your choices to make sure you're happy with everything you've gone for. And then all we need then after that is the name. So you went for a 4-5-1 formation. In goal, legendary <laughs> 13-year-old with a broken wrist, Josh King. And then across the back, you had Cafu, Sergio Ramos, Papa Boubidiop, and Roberto Carlos. Yes, moving into the midfield, we've got the two central midfielders of the captain, Patrick Vieira. Jack Wilshere, left winger Ronaldinho, right wing Freddie Youngberg, and the attacking midfielder as JJ Okocha. Beautiful. And then up front by himself, although I think it'd be fine, Thierry Henry with the super sub of Andre Arshavin. Yeah, so this time team is going to be managed by Arsene Wenger in the stadium Highbury. Very, very authentic. And the kit is Juventus 96 to 97. Beautiful. Happy with all your choices, Sam? Yeah. Yeah, very happy. Oh, yeah. I don't think you can change them. That's an yeah. insane team. Very good team. Uh, so, what is the name of the team? So, uh, growing up, my teams were always called Sam Superstars, but I was like, I need to move beyond that. Like, that's the sort of name you pick when you're 11. I need to do something kind of little <laughs> And I'm not that happy with this name, if I'm honest. I think it's a bit of a stretch, but... <laughs> Andre Arshavin's nickname was the Meerkat. Okay. Jack Wilshire's nickname was the Wilsh. No, I don't know if it was, but let's say it was. Okay. And uh, Papa Boopa Diop was the wardrobe. Right. Oh, so wait. See what's coming here. <laughs> I can see what's coming. So we've ended up with the Meerkat, the Wilsh, and the wardrobe as the team name. As team names go, that is up there with the most original that we've had. I appreciate that. It's, yeah. It was, it Especially was, since you've made up a nickname in the middle of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might have been. <laughs> That's great. I love that. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, well, Sam, there you go. What a team. Fantastic picks. Been great to chat to you. So before we let you go, again, send us in the direction of where we can find out more or even buy the football game. 
Yeah, so um, the website is thefootballgame.co, um, Instagram at thefootballgame.co, and on those two places, by the time this goes out, the Kickstarter will either be live or very soon be live, so you'll be able to get a link straight to the Kickstarter from there, where you'll be able to buy the game um, if you want to, which hopefully you do. We will also put a link to the uh, Kickstarter yeah. in the description of this episode. So if you're listening, scroll down to the bottom wherever you're listening and you will find the link right there. Head straight to the game. Now, uh, after the end of this episode, uh, if you stick around after the credits, you will hear a little snippet of me and George playing the game. <laughs> um, so make sure you stick around to see what the game's all about. You will enjoy it. If you like this podcast, this game is for you. Um, we, I mean, and, and this makes it sound like we've had loads of offers that we've turned down, which isn't true. But we don't put our name to stuff that we don't think that we would enjoy and our listeners would enjoy. And this genuinely is something that me and George will love you guys will love if you listen to this podcast it's right up your street and if it's not um other than you being my wife i don't know why you listen to this podcast (laughs) (laughs) i don't think she would enjoy it but (laughs) anyone else listening i think you will enjoy it so go out have a look sam it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast thank you so much for joining us um we're really excited to see where this game goes and we're happy that we could help in any way we can thanks very much for coming on cheers guys thanks very much cheers All right, there was Sam Marlowe uh, of Football Game delivering a fantastic team. Very yeah. Arsenal heavy, but I mean, for Arsenal fans, when we're talking about nostalgic football, it's hard to move past the Invincibles. You, you, you have to talk about it. Um, so yeah, a great team and a great game. Remember to stick around to listen to us playing the game. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun playing that game, so make sure you stick around to listen. Uh, check out our socials as well to see some clips of us playing the game. Um, genuinely, like I said, uh, when Sam was on there, we don't put our name to stuff that we don't think that you guys would like. Um, I, I make it sound like we've had loads of offers, which isn't the case. Um, so if you are listening, you want to offer us stuff, go for it. But <laughs> but no, we genuinely, um, when they reached out to us to to link up, we were over the moon because we love stuff like that. And it's a game that, as nostalgic football fans, you will love. You will love because it is a lot of fun. And you'll hear that it just, if it you just, stick around. It just ties in with our concept as well so well. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, genuinely such a fun game. Such a good, good fun game. Yeah, it really is great. So uh, there it is for another another week, another episode in the bag. Uh, thanks again for listening. If you want to check us out on socials, you can do at Nostalgia FC Pod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, wherever you can find us. Uh, if you want to give us an email, giving us an idea, uh, offering us of any other stuff. <laughs> Uh, or wanted to come on as a guest, it is nostalgiafcpod at gmail.com. Yes. Thank you all for listening. Uh, that was Sam Arlo giving us the meerkat, the Welsh in the wardrobe. <laughs> and what a team it was. And what a team it was. Cool. So basically, you've got two decks, two sort of different types of cards. You've got category cards, 
got 220 of them in, in the in the deck and then you've also got a separate pile which is timer cards with, and different times ranging from 10 seconds up to three minutes so the game's really simple all you do is turn over a category card and then turn over a timer card so if we were all sat, sat in the same room someone would turn it over and they'd start so they'd say if it's liverpool forwards in 90 seconds they'd say i can name five the next person has to go higher or challenge so they could say six then seven then ten and then as soon as someone thinks this is all getting a bit a bit high for my liking they challenge the other person and then you win a point if you do it if you complete the challenge in the time or if you challenge someone and they fail okay so that's that's love just it. how it works love it nice um so I guess because obviously we're not in person, I'll just pull out a card and we'll yeah, yeah. Off that. Yep. Nice. All right. So category card we've got. Ooh. Got teams Sam Allardyce managed. <laughs> <laughs> and then right. the time limit for that is okay. 30 seconds. Oh my god. Yeah. Right. So right. who starts? Can... Do you do you start then? Uh, so I, I guess you so you guys against each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Go on, then. Uh, I can name three. <laughs> oh, I can name four. Oh, five. <laughs> um. No, I think I'm gonna have to challenge. <laughs> oh, damn it! <laughs> All right. Nice. Well, let me just set a little timer. So we've got thirty seconds, and we've got five teams. Sam Allardyce managed. All right, go. Uh, Everton, West Ham, Bolton. Oh God, Everton, West Ham, Bolton. Where else has he got? Um, uh, West Brom. Sam Allardyce, last one. Ten seconds. Oh God. Oh no. <laughs> Where else did he manage? Oh, who else is rubbish in the Premier League? Oh, God, it's gone right on my head. Oh, jeez. No, I'm gone. I'm done. I'm out. Shit. Oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Could have had... Oh, you had Sunderland, Bolton, Blackburn. Blackburn and Sunderland, those are the two... That... Yeah. I knew I should have challenged on George saying four. God damn it. <laughs> right. So that would be one point to George on that one. Oh, hey! Person, you, you take the card. So yeah, one point, one nil. It's happening. Okay. Oh, shit. Right. Next one we've got. Okay. Kit is appropriate. It's play for, to play for Juventus. Time limit. A bit longer. 60 seconds. Okay. Okay. Um, I reckon I can name 10. Uh, fifteen. <laughs> uh, oh, this is annoying because I know these are going to go up my head. I can name seventeen. Ooh, can you though? I don't know. <laughs> I'll challenge. I just want to see it. Challenge. Okay. Nice. All right. Okay. Yours. Am I going now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nedved, uh, Zidane, Pjanic. Uh, Higuain, uh, Chiellini, Benucci, uh, Buffon. Uh, <laughs> how many did I say? 17? Yeah. Fuck. Uh... 
<laughs> Everyone got up their head. Javinho play for Juventus? No. He played for Roma. Has everyone gone up my head? It's fine, I need the point, thanks. <laughs> How long have I got? Uh, 15 seconds. Yeah, it's not happening, uh-huh. is it? Yeah, I'm, on, I'm on like seven people. Yeah, it's not happening. God, this is harder than you think as well. That's crazy. <laughs> The pressure changes everything. Honestly, like <laughs> anything you could do normally. It's Juventus. Once... Like Juventus have got oh, Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> too late now, pal. I know, yeah. 1-1. One, one. Come on. All right. 1-1. Right. One, one. Okay. That's this annoying. I reckon I know who might have a slight advantage. <laughs> okay. Managers to manage Liverpool. And we've got short time. 20 seconds. <laughs> oh dear. Go on, George, I'll let you open up. You, you'll let me open it? Okay, five. Six. Uh, seven. Ooh. Yeah, no, I can. Eight. I want a challenge. If it's 20 seconds, oh. I want a challenge. Nice. All right. Liverpool managers, 20 seconds. Go. Jurgen Klopp, Brendan Rodgers, Kenny Dalglish, uh, Roy Hodgson, Gerard Houllier, uh, Bill Shankly. Um, how many did I say? Six. Eight. Eight. You said eight. Oh, and you're six. All right. Uh, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, it's gone. <laughs> oh, there's the time. For fuck's sake! Did you oh, say Rafa? No, I didn't. Say <laughs> Hodgson. I did say Hodgson. Yeah. Yeah. Shows my loyalties. Hodgson all the way. <laughs> oh, dear me. Wow. My whole life is crumbling around me. This is my whole thing. <laughs> Cancel the podcast. We're done. <laughs> I feel right, like we need one. to win one. 2 1, George, then. What are we going to? What are we. What do you guys want to say? Like, I'd love to say three, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, t- till I win, basically. Let's do that. No. Uh, to five. To five. To five. To five. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. 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 Not best. Not best three out of five because otherwise I'm definitely gonna lose now. <laughs> All right. Next card. We've got clubs David Beckham played for. Ooh. And time limit of thirty seconds. Think Drew, your start, I reckon. All right. Uh, three. Four. Five. I'm assuming international teams don't count. Clubs, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of more than five. Do you play for more than five? Challenge. Right. All right. Uh, yeah. Clubs win this one. Second, second. <laughs> Off you go. Uh, Manchester United, Preston, North End, uh, LA Galaxy, Real Madrid, PSG, AC Milan. Give you both this ah, one as well. AC Milan, of course. I was like, I couldn't think of more than five that you played for, and it was the first five you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. I think that was all the clubs you played for, isn't it? it must be. Hold on. Let's six. Check. I think six. The Preston one that is like less known. Yeah, he was alone. We went to Union Preston. Come on. Yeah. 
Clip nice on it, George. Room. Come on. 2-2. 2-2. All right. We've got quite a random one. Clubs with a name beginning with B. <laughs> oh, that's harder than you think, isn't it? In 60 seconds, though, so a decent chunk of time. Okay. Uh, I can name six. Um, uh, ten. <laughs> Please say more. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven. Um, twelve. Thirteen. Challenge, yeah, go on. Okay. okay. Right, club's going to be one minute. Off you go. Burnley, Bolton, Barnsley, uh, Burton, Albion, uh, Bologna, Besiktas, uh... <laughs> Oh, it's easy at the wall. I was going to say Real Betis, but that's obviously an R. Uh, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, uh, Bayern Leverkusen, said Bolton. Bradford, you got this? Bradford. Yeah. Uh, how many? How many more have I got to do? Three. Yeah, I think it's two or three. What's the time on? Uh, well. Oh, so it's going. Uh, ah, come on! Who have missed? Who have missed? Brentford. Brentford. Birmingham. Bournemouth. When Bournemouth. when you went when you went to Germany, I was like, oh, you're just gonna go through all the Brutsias now. Much and Gladbach. Brought you Dortmund. Brought you Much and Gladbach. Ah, oh, damn it. Yeah. Fogo from Brazil, obviously. That yeah. was, that Bene- was Benevetto. Benfica. Yeah. yeah. So much easier when the time is not <laughs> on, isn't it? <laughs> There's no time pressure. It's nice, isn't it? All right, 3-2. Oh, yeah. Come on. Damn it. <laughs> okay. Next, we've got... Okay, similar in, similar in a different way, but uh, players with a first name beginning with J. Okay. And... Nice and short, 20 oh, seconds. I had so much more pressure when it's a time like that. Uh, five. Six. Seven. Was it 20 seconds? 20, yeah. Yeah, challenge. Shit. Okay. Six players, beginning with J, 20 seconds. Wait, no, seven. Seven. It's seven. Oh, uh, <laughs> seven players. <laughs> just, so that, just in case. Yeah, uh, yeah. Twenty seconds off you go. John Joe Shelby, Jack Grealish, John Stones, uh, Jason Yule, John Terry, James Milner, James McCarthy. That's it. Done. Oh, Done. Seven. Yeah, that's it. Nice. I was, I I was thinking James Milner in. Come on. I was thinking JJ Kotcher and Jack Wilshere were both in your team, so I was like, well, I've, mm. there's oh, yeah. two already. <laughs> I've closed my notes like a mug. I could have been using that. <laughs> All right, 4 oh, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, we all knew that I was going to lose anyway, but... It's been a more contest- heavily contested than I had planned. <laughs> okay. Right. We've got English players to play for Man City. 
en... Oh. <laughs> Plenty of pressure to end on. Well, maybe not end on. I'll say. Ooh, okay, five. Challenge. <laughs> okay, let's see if we can do this. Ten seconds. Go on. For it. Off, off you go. Go for it. Uh, Joe Hart, John Stones, Kyle Walker, Phil Foden. Uh, fucking. Yeah. <laughs> Calvin ah! Phillips as well. Calvin Phillips. Damn it. That was four in the first three seconds. I know, yeah. Unlucky. Calvin Phillips came so to a head right at the end as well. Oh, well. Okay. Well, lucky. But that's yeah. it. Yeah. 5 2. Uh, win for Drew. Congrats. Thank you. This genuinely means more to me than you do. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was good, though. Uh, my, my reputation survives. Yeah. I mean, genuinely, we've, we've done that for a bit of fun, but that genuinely is a great game. We love yeah. playing it. You will love playing it too. Yeah. Get on it. Head to the Kickstarter website. The link will be in our in our in uh, the description of this episode at the bottom of this video. Uh, go find it. Go buy it, and you will love it, because we do. And if you like this podcast, then you will love this game.